Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Daily Sports Talk Show. Nuanez Now. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. I like football! Flying by the seat of our pants, but we are here. What's up, everybody? Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio, as well as SWX Montana Television. Thanks for tuning in. Jack Weatherman told me 101 degrees today. It feels like it. 97 in the shade, as Thomas McGuane would say. I don't know how those guys are doing it out there at Grizz football practice, but uh, hot one. I'm sweating, but we're here. We're with you. And uh, we're excited to talk some more college football. We're also going to make our way around a lot of football yesterday, as Monday's shows will will typically be this time of year. But we're happy and excited to uh, make our way around the wide world of sports today as well. I, I teased yesterday. I hate when I do this. I teased yesterday that Justin Angle would be joining us, the business angle, one of our favorite uh, segments, the overlay between business and sports. We will have a discussion about the overlay between business and sports. But it'll just be me and Andrew Houghton talking um, about college football. And I, I, I've been sort of alluding to this, but I haven't gotten into it as much. I want Andrew to sort of explain the, the structure of the English Premier League. Because I think that there's a, a, a at least broad parallel there to what's going on in the wider world of college football. So no Justin Engel today, even though I teased it yesterday. Well, we will have some college football talk, fall camp reactions from both Riley Corcoran, the voice of the Grizz, and Alex Eshelman from SWX Montana Television here off the top. We will also have our Treasure State Stars, and it's a fun one this week because baseball around the state of Montana is pretty much all the way over except for a select few teams, 
And those select few teams are competing on the regional and, dare I say, national levels. The Boulder Arrowhead Little League team has won a game at the Mountain Regional Championship. And so that means that they are still alive for the Little League World Series, which is very cool. And then breaking news as of just, you know, the last hour or so, the Butte Miners win the Northwestern Regional Championship for the Class A level of American Legion Baseball. So very cool for Butte. And also the Billings Royals, they won a couple games at the uh, AA Legion Tournament over there in Gillette, Wyoming. Their season is is over, but we will uh, update that as well. So baseball heavy Treasure State Stars. We also have a footy 15 for you. An excerpt from Andrew Houghton's great podcast, Soccer in Snow and Smoke. We'll do that to close out our number one. We'll have a business angle, Sands Justin angle. Justin is on vacation. He is uh, all the way back east. He's in New Hampshire where he hails from, and he's hanging out with the family. So, you know, everybody deserves a vacation, especially in the summer. So hopefully he's enjoying himself. Justin will be back around, I I promise, uh, a couple weeks from now. But no business angle uh, this time around. Then we're going to continue our conversation uh, about the NFL as well to some of the primary storylines. We haven't much touched on Deshaun Watson because I think that there's a lot of, I mean, it's obviously a very controversial and not very savory or entertaining or pleasant thing to talk about. But I also think there's a ton of gray area when it comes to the legality of it all. Um, I mean, there's a distinct difference between a criminal court and a civil court. And so, you know, I think that there's a lot of muddy waters you can wade into when trying to opine and analyze such things. We haven't really done it. I know that it's the news of the day. We're not trying to ignore the news of the day. Roger Goodell made a statement today about why the NFL is appealing what the uh, district court handed down. The district court's suggestion was that Deshaun Watson should get just a six-game suspension, which is pretty standard for player conduct and player misconduct. The NFL, ironically, appealing... Not because they want it to be shorter, but because they want it to be longer. Rarely ever the case. So maybe we'll touch on that, but we'll also talk about some of the other stuff around the NFL, like the football. How about that? Uh, That sounds a lot more fun to talk about. So there you go. That's your show outlook. It's presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team. Wahlberg team, the official realtors of Grizz Athletics. Any and all real estate questions you might have throughout the state of Montana, give Brent and his team a call today. is now. You can always stream the show, 1029ESPN.com. And if you want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Want to check out some Grizz coverage new up on SkylineSportsMT.com? Go to SkylineSportsMT.com. Got three of the primary position battles that we'll be uh, watching uh, for the Montana Grizzlies here these next couple weeks. We'll have a Bobcat story of the same vein. Later on this evening, I'm only one man. I can only write one thing at a time. So I know that a lot of you out there are always wondering, hoping, wishing, criticizing, scrutinizing, all that stuff. Uh, So have no fear, Bobcat people. There will be a a Bobcat story soon. Uh, The Grizz one is is currently up there, though, so you can go uh, check that out um, today. We're going to hear from Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz here in just a moment, but just a couple Thoughts I wanted to share, uh, specifically coming out of the Grizz side. We'll talk some cat stuff leading up to hearing from Alex Eshelman here before uh, this opening segment is finished. But one, uh, I was thinking about 
the offensive line, and, and there's always the notion. Well, first of all, I'm probably more critical of and more stuck on offensive line evaluations than, than most media people. I, I understand the game from that element. I understand football from the trenches out. It's the way I watch football. I watch the point of attack first and foremost. Yeah, I was an offensive lineman myself. And so um, I, I know that maybe I tend to be more hard on that position than, than, than other spots. But it's also been the most consistently glaring issue for Montana for, for a really long time. And it's crazy to think. And I guess what I'm saying is I haven't – the uh, the – I'm not sitting here saying that Montana's offensive lines have been just god-awful, horrible, worst ever, terrible, can't compete in the league. They absolutely can. Montana's offensive lines are always going to be above average compared to the rest of their Big Sky counterparts. Most programs in the Big Sky would trade their offensive line for Montana's offensive line right now. They would. But that's not what the standard is. And it's also not going to be what puts you over the top. What I'm getting at is it's not about being better than the other part teams in the middle to bottom part of this league. You have to be on par or at least be able to compete with the best teams in the country. And so when you compare Montana's offensive line to, I don't know, Idaho State's offensive line, Northern Arizona's offensive line, yeah, Montana has a better offensive line. I'm... I'm comparing it to what I saw when I saw North Dakota State down in Frisco. That might be an unfair comparison because they have one of the best offensive line lineages and traditions in all of college football. I mean, it is offensive linemen you. There's more pros coming out of NDSU than probably anywhere besides Wisconsin, Iowa, and the SEC. <laughs> so they do have a, a higher standard than than almost anybody, and it's, it's maybe perhaps an unattainable standard for other FCS programs. Okay, fine. But the Cats have been a, bit, a lot better on the offensive line than the Grizz have the last 10 years. Weber State has been better than the Cats have been, or than the, than the Grizz have been, and, and in fact have been better than the Cats have been in certain years as well. South Dakota State, better up front. James Madison, better up front. So you, you see what the top-tier teams have there, and I just, I just think to be truly, right, right now the Grizz are truly nationally elite on defense. To be truly elite Offensively, which is what you got to be to be nationally elite, period, you got to be better on the offensive front. So, I was, But also there's a lot of skittle about how do you evaluate these guys right now when they're not wearing pads, they're not knocking you off the ball, they're not engaging in contact. Well, here's how I evaluate them. I evaluate them on how they look getting into their stances. I evaluate them based on how they get off the ball. What does their footwork look like? You know, can they make the pass pro drop? All that stuff. And so... I will say this. I watched the offensive line pretty in detail today. And I think A.J. Forbes, the center, looks good. I think Hunter McGinnis, the left guard, looks really good. I think Liam Brown, who's a redshirt freshman uh, out of the Portland area, I think he has a lot of upside. I, I think that he's swimming in what they want him to do. But I think when the rubber meets the road, he has a lot of talent. I, I think he'll be able to knock guys off the ball. He's huge, 6'5", 310 pounds, you know, looks mean, lean, fit. I know he's a really good weight room guy. He was blowing up Twitter with all his weight room videos when he was getting recruited. So they, I think they just 
more than anything, it's not the frontline guys they need to develop. It's the uh, it's the depth and everything else. We're going to get to that with Riley Corker and Voice of the Grizz. Also, you know what? I'm going to save my thoughts on, on number 37 um, for a little later on in the show. But I know that the big news, the big talking point, and some would say the big controversy out of Grizz camp right now is that Marcus Wilno, who was bestowed Montana's hallowed number 37 jersey over the summer, is in fact not wearing number 37. He's wearing number 10 still. And Bobby Halk, when asked about it yesterday, said, I don't feel equipped to comment on that uh, scenario. I feel there's some more uh, some more advising that needs to be done. Some more consulting, I think is what his exact word was, that needs to be done. And then Marcus Wellnell, after practice, said it was a great moment for him, one of the greatest moments of his life to get that jersey. And they were still, quote-unquote, still working through some things. So... I have thoughts on it. I've talked to several former number 37s about this, so we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later on. No one is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How about a little sideline hit from earlier today? This is like PTI, five good minutes. I don't know though. Are you Michael Wilbon or Tony Kornheiser? Ooh, I'm. You're not salty enough to be I know, Kornheiser. I was gonna say who's less angry. That's yeah, who, that's right? who I am. I'm the I less mean, angry yeah, one. Yeah, I mean Kornheiser is like the angry old man, and Wilbon just screams at the TV now. So maybe that's a bad comparison. Riley Corcoran, voice of the Grizz, joining me down here from Dorn Blazer Field. We're gonna be doing quick hitters out of fall camp on both sides of the Continental Divide. Alex Eshelman, SWX Montana Television, will join us to give us some Bobcat insight here in just a little while. But Voice of the Grizz joining me here uh, from Grizz practice. Now let's just get right to it, Riley. What's the things you're going to have your eye on the most here uh, these next couple days and weeks? Well, first off, it's great to be back here. I know that we've been looking forward to this day for a while. It's not too hot yet. I listened to your quick hitter with Sean. These are going to be great for the listeners as you get a little quick info from a different perspective maybe throughout the next couple weeks because, yes, it can be a little bit monotonous. And Coulter, it's kind of the elephant in the room. We heard from Coach Houck yesterday. He doesn't have any questions. Well, we do a little bit. I want to see the offensive line. I sure. want to see the depth. I want to see the new combinations that maybe they do have the right pieces in place but I want to see how they strategically piece people in are they going to play guard and tackle certain players a Dylan Botner or a Liam Brown so I'm, I'm really keen in on the O-line I also want to see how Lucas Johnson and Marcus Knight integrate themselves offensively defensively I will kind of echo coach Alk. I am not too worried I don't have any question marks there they, the coaching staff's confident what they're doing they have the, the great I think the mix we've talked about it off air with the secondary and the front seven so to me I'm really keying in on the offense more than the defense the next couple weeks that's exactly where I'm at, too. I think that they have pretty much all of their question marks not on defense. Here's where we're at with the depth of the Grizz defense. I think you could pick a name, any name, and say, well, what if that guy had a season-ending injury? And I don't think that it would be up a creek for Montana. Even if it was Patrick O'Connell, Levi Janet Carroll's a good player. Even if it was Justin Ford, they have a lot of corners that could step in. Even if it was Robbie Houck, they have just a plethora. They have five or six safeties that can play at a high level. And so I do think that they have what you always want, which is frontline elite talent on all three levels of your defense, plus they have stop gaps in case those guys get hurt. That's where I'm looking for this offensive front. We were just analyzing it again. Chris Walker, the big transfer from Nebraska, he remains a question mark to me, but we'll see. He definitely has the the muscle structure. Let's say, let's say the bus first. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think that they should just make him a game captain, even if he's not a team captain, right? Just have him go to the weight room, do ten minutes of curls, then walk to the middle of the field. That's who you want the opponent to see. He's got the you know the mountain man beard, the huge biceps, all that. But regardless, Hunter McGinnis returning All League player. 
AJ Forbes, I think, with the next step could be a, a kind of all-league guy. At the very least, a solid, you know, big sky starter. And I think with the young guys, Liam Brown and Brandon Casey kind of being the front runners of that group, I've seen this many times through covering the big sky for a lot of years. Sometimes you want Sometimes you need the physical part of it to catch up. Sometimes you need the mental part of it to catch up. Those two guys are both very physically talented. They just need the game reps to catch up. So how does Montana kind of tread water to the point where those guys are ready to go? But to me, the part I'm looking at the offensive line more is the second string. Because it's a pipe dream to think that the five guys we just named are going to get through the season healthy. You need to have two, three guys up next. We're talking about stop gaps. Like, who would even be Montana's backup center? If A.J. Forbes is, isn't able to go, That and that's a bad situation to be in, trying to get somebody to learn the position like center during a game week. So, to me, it's not even a concern about the offensive line and the starting unit. I do think they have potential to be okay to, to maybe even good. It's what happens if that starting unit isn't intact for the whole season, and that seems like it's almost a certainty given the nature of college football. Well, I think the two position groups that you really can piggyback that off on are quarterback and offensive line. You need to establish the depth there. And, and just to maybe go one step further from what you said, what I'm curious about with this offensive line, I want to see how they work together. That is so important. You know this as an offensive lineman. How do these guys work yeah. as a unit? Because, yeah, you could have individual talent and, and strong guys across the board, but someone's going to find a weakness, at least on the line. And Montana needs to make sure there are no weaknesses i think another guy to look out for though is kukula lincoln the freshman from hawaii coaching staff really high on him and there's again there's someone that could utilize that depth culture we are not going through a whole season without any injured offensive linemen quarterbacks i can say that for any team around the country so you're right it's the depth and can you have a solid second line we have said it for years we've heard it out of fargo about the missouri valley what has been keeping montana back it's physically up front can they compete to go deep in december you need depth to do that riley corcoran Voice of the Grizz joining us here uh, on Nuanas Now. Uh, any other young guys you're excited to get uh, eyes on? I just got a, an eye on the, the new receiver from uh, from UW, uh, Camden versus Strait. And uh, he looks fast, looks good in and out of his cuts. Obviously, all this grain of salt uh, when it comes to not having any pads on. But any other guys? Uh, that you're looking forward to, to seeing? Well, I'm going to kind of cop out a little bit and say Kale Edwards again because sure, I yeah. think he's taken another leap now. Gris- well, it, it seemed like he was a, a forget, he was a mystery man for a minute because he's wearing number zero now. I was like, "Where's number forty? Where's Kale Edwards?" And then I realized, "Oh my God, the six five guy wearing zero. That's the big DN from Coeur d'Alene. And he's going to stand out a little bit more. He had a big spring game. He's got huge mitts on him, too. 6'5", 240, but just that depth on the D-line. I think he is someone that's going to make a splash. You know me, Coach Halk. I've worked with him long enough. I'm gravitating towards special teams. Nico Ramos. Watch out for Nico Ramos. I think he's going to come in here. I think it's really lofty expectations, Coulter, to say Kevin Macias right away. But I think that that's going to be kind of the bar that he is going to try and attain is be that guy that comes in and then where you don't have to worry about kicker game in and game out. So those are the two guys I'm really looking at. Give me a week. When we do this quick hitter in another yeah. week, I'll give you a couple more hidden gems. Well, I had to laugh because Bobby Houck, as you heard on the show yesterday, basically said to me, <laughs> Coulter, why are you asking me that? We were we had the same question. He said you asked me the same dang question last year, and we were good on we were great on special teams last year. And so you know, next time I talk to Coach, I actually can't wait to ask him because I think he knew the talent he had in Brian Buschini. I want to ask him a similar thought about Patrick Rohrbach because it seems like. If the guy can kick, you can see that he can kick. And if he can kick, you, I mean, you know. So you know you have confidence in him. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of questions that punter there. But maybe Bobby Houck is just, I mean, he said it when Rohrbach was signed 
that this is the best guy I've seen come out of Montana in a long, long time. So maybe he's very confident in the freshman. We just haven't seen him yet. Well, and that also, you heard that from Coach before Brian Buscini left. So it's not like he was just having that narrative because he needed a punter. They are very high on the freshman. It's very hard to have the expectations and and make sure he competes at an all-American level. But at the same time, they don't feel there's a hole there. Patrick Roback, he's going to come in and uh, absolutely contribute right away. And then again, with Ramos, we all know the return units are going to be great, too. We haven't even talked about that. Yeah. How about the the choices that you're going to have to put back there between a Flowers and a Bergen? Then we know the scheme's going to be there, too. So I do echo with Coach Houck. I'm not worried one bit about special teams. I'm more excited to see who's going to come out there because it's probably going to be pretty dominant. Nicest D-lineman in America, Derry Todd, knocks down a pass. Got a pick just the play before, <laughs> so uh, Michigan State transfer getting some love. Dude. I saw him walking his dog down the river trail. I mean, he couldn't be a nicer guy, man. I went up to him said because I'd never met him before. I said, hey, you came on the show. The first guy recruited, he's like, that's to meet you, Mr. Nuwana. It's good to see you. So there's a lot of good guys out here on this Grizz team. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz. We'll have him on a lot in the next uh, three or four months. Absolutely, man. You'll be sick of me by the end of August. Well, I'll never get sick of <laughs> you. It's football time. Uh, more from Nuana's Now here in just one minute. It's not even going to be a minute. How about here on Nuana's Now right now? Thanks so much for tuning in. ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Riley Corkin, voice of the Grizz. Thanks to him for taking a minute during Grizz football practice. How about the other side of the Continental Divide? Bobcats have been going for just a day short of a week. I guess they started last Thursday. Media day was last Wednesday. So uh, into football mode for about a week. They've had uh, a couple practices under their belts. I have not had a chance to see them practice this fall, but the vibe coming out of MSU was one of a very confident team uh, that has very lofty goals, very high expectations. Montana, the number three team in the preseason stats perform FCS poll. Montana State, the number four team preseason in the United States of America. Tomorrow, during the 5 o'clock hour, our ESPN Roundtable will feature Craig Haley, the man who administers that stats poll, also puts together the Walter Payton Award and Buck Buchanan Award watch list and voting uh, panels, and uh, also a guy that has a good beat on FCS All-Americans and a bunch of the preseason stuff, one of the veterans in covering the FCS uh, on the national level. He'll join us tomorrow, 5 o'clock, for our ESPN Roundtable. Excited to have Craig uh, on the show. Seems like it's become an annual thing. We usually have him on the show uh, once during the preseason, once during the season, and once during the postseason, and it's always fun uh, to have Craig on. So stay tuned for that tomorrow. On the Montana State side of things, Alex Eshelman joins us once a week during football season for our Montana State Minute. We'll have a little bit more than once a week coverage from her. It uh, won't be a full-length radio-style segment, but it will be uh, a short, quick-hitting conversation with reactions from around Montana State's fall camp. Caught up with Alex earlier today. Well, fall camp is officially upon us. Montana State started last Thursday. Montana hit the practice field on Monday. We're going to have some rapid reactions from both Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Sports Director, and Alex Eshelman, who is spearheading the coverage of Montana State football for SWX over in Bozeman. Alex joins us throughout the uh, academic and athletic school year on the Montana State Minute, but we'll be hearing from her more often, less of a duration, more often, more times per week here these next couple weeks. It's a fun time of year, fall camp, a ton of stuff to watch. Alex, uh, thanks so much for being with us. How you doing? I'm doing great, Coulter. Thank you, as always, for having me, and I'm happy we're talking about Montana State football right now for a couple of reasons, but just leaving practice. I am in the car on the way back to the station, just had our interviews for day five now, 
Um, and it just feels so good to be back on a football field watching the guys compete and get, getting ready for the season. Well, we'll start there then. Uh, who did you interview today and what sort of stuff are you working on in terms of content for SWX? Yeah, so we spoke with Sebastian Valdez today, one of the key guys on the D-line uh, last year and especially even more so this upcoming season, you know, with, with the key players and Chase Benson, Daniel Hardy, and Andre Williams uh, move, moved on, obviously. Um, so he was really great to talk to and seeing the way that he's really stepping up into a leadership role is, is exciting. Um, we also spoke to Coach Vegan. The fact that we're able to have as much time as we do with him after every single practice, we are able to, you know, have some time to ask him some questions about every single practice, which is incredible and, and kind of rare. Um, just really, really appreciate his time. But the guys, I mean, it's a new year. It's a new year, and I think the the big question that we always like to talk about which isn't really this huge of a question anymore but when we first started with media day and all that it's like how are you going to surpass the quote-unquote year of the bobcat um but you can tell that these guys are locked and loaded and not looking at last year and focusing on the season ahead Sebastian Valdez certainly will be a key member, and it is an interesting storyline around Montana State, just year two, because last year all the question marks were, what will the Bobcats be like without Jeff Choate? What will they be like in Brent Vegan's first season? And uh, it was an unbelievable year, a great run, one of the best runs in the history of the program, to be quite honest. And now it seems that there's a new set of questions. What's it going to be like in year two? It's almost like a renewal of year one from a different lens. But when I was over there, Alex, you, you could tell there's a, a certain aura of confidence uh, around this team. Are you getting that when you're talking to the guys uh, these last few days? Totally, totally. And I think even more so beyond uh, a level of confidence, Coulter, it's, I think they know a little bit that the the, the looming question of, of how are you going to surpass last year is there. And I... I think that they're not paying attention to that. They're going, you know what? We're going to prove everyone wrong that this year is going to be another great year for us. We have all the pieces. And I do think that they're sticking with their one game at a time mentality, one day at a time. Seabass actually said a really great quote today. He just said, we're focusing on where our feet are. We're not looking ahead. We're not looking, we're not paying attention to how hot it is out on the field or whether the sun's out or whether it's snowing or whatever it is. We're, we're being where our, our feet are and being in that present moment. And I think that that is the, the approach that they have in fall camp right now. Alex Eshelman joining us, SWX Montana Television. She is the reporter uh, over there on the ground in Bozeman, covering Montana State football, among other things around southwestern Montana sports. Alex, uh, just any any individual players? Obviously, when you're working on feature stories and, and sort of position previews and stuff, you focus on the, the group that you're watching, so they kind of take your attention mm-hmm. for that day. But w- anybody that's, that's generally stood out or caught your eye or surprised you or anything like that uh, early on here in camp? It's amazing to see how quickly um, 
certain people have stepped up and have been those dominant leaders, I think it's hard not to think of Ty Okada when you think of uh, who plays a huge uh, leader on the team. Ty is definitely one of those people. Hard not to think of Tommy Malott. Hard not to think of Jeffrey Manning, Willie P, Callahan O'Reilly, Brody Greeby. Those guys have all stood out to me. Derek Snell also, he looks he, he's looking fit. He's looking um, – one of the coolest things to see is, is the change, the positive change in, in um, body types, per se, for a lot of the guys. And that is something that Coach Vegan has touched on. And kudos to, um, you know, their strength and conditioning team as well as their dietitian team. Um, they're looking bigger, but, in a you know, in a better way, just leaner and – they, a lot of the guys have added more muscle, and when I think of that, it, uh, Derek Snell's one of them. Seabass is another one as well. He's he's packed on at least 20 pounds in the offseason. Off well, it should be fun to get updates from across the Continental Divide throughout fall camp. She's Alex Eshelman, SWX Montana Television. She will be joining us frequently over these next couple weeks as fall camp officially upon us, and we are less than a month away from the season openers for both Montana State and Montana. The Bobcats hosting McNeese State on the evening of September 3rd. The Grizzlies earlier that day hosting Northwestern State. So uh, less than a month until official game day football. Alex, we will touch base with you later on this week, but thanks for the time today. Thanks for being here. Thanks as always, Coulter. Excited for another season. It's going to be fun. Love having all my friends on the show. We'll have plenty of Riley Corcoran, Alex Esselman, Sean Rainey, Brooks Duanez, Andrew Houghton, and a bunch more. Fall camp, fall camp updates. I, I know that yeah, yeah we're going to try to figure out a way to, to hear from the players and, and get a, a a bit of an insight from the team from their perspective. That's coming. We're still working out the logistics. We'll also hear from Coach Houck and, and some Brett Vegan and Montana State players as well. We're also going to try to get you as many different angles on this as we possibly can because, you know, that's what we do around here. So thanks so much for uh, following along, tagging along, and uh, hanging out with us today and every day here on ESPN Radio. How about some of the top individual and team performances from around the Treasure State? Treasure State Stars, a baseball-heavy Treasure State Stars right after this. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. When it comes to criminal defense, what's an example of why someone could or should call Schulte Law? Criminal defense happens on somebody's worst day, you know, and it doesn't mean that someone's a bad person. We all make mistakes. We all make choices that maybe aren't the best choice, and that can lead to dramatic consequences in somebody's life. So we're really focusing on personal injury and criminal defense. We do a lot of different areas of the law, though. We have a strong background in real estate. Um, We handle family law for clients, ton of mediations. The ultimate reality is, is that people have bad days, and that's when you need our help. That's when you need to call Schulte Law Firm because we know the players, we know the game. We can put people in the best position to achieve the outcome they want. If you've had a bad day, visit jschultilaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula.
some of my favorite memories. And, and as you know, as fellow Montanans listening to this show, there are so many great memories to be had in Montana in the summer. I always find it so funny when I talk to people from, from cities, from big urban areas, well, what the heck do you do in Montana? I always wonder, well, what the heck do you do in a giant city? I mean, a variety of options of places to spend money. <laughs> you, got, you got a lot of events, a lot of tickets you can buy. But, you know, I'll, I'll trade you the the 17 different versions of, of Drunken Noodles for uh, dozens of mountains and multiple rivers and golf courses galore and barbecues and all that. That's all to say, in a in a life jam-packed full of great summer memories, some of my best memories of my whole life, as I sit here today as a 35-year-old man here on Nuanas Now, come from my childhood memories on the baseball diamond. Welcome back, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Thanks for hanging out with us here uh, on your Tuesday. Let's dive in to one of our uh, traditional... Traditional, is that the right word? One of our standard, one of our uh, longest going, one of our, um, I don't know. I'm just rambling today. Treasure State Stars, you already knew. Highlighting some of the best performances from around the state of Montana. It is presented by Parkside Credit Union. Parkside Credit Union, one of the best places in all of western Montana to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. How about this? First of all, whenever there's a sports story that comes out of Butte America, it's always got a little extra juice, right? And I think part of that's just because Butte just tells its story better than than uh, than anybody. I think that Butte embraces their tradition, the fabric of their town, what makes Butte people Butte people, what makes Butte, what defines Butte tough. But the Butte Miners... The Class A American Legion baseball team from the Mining City. How about this? They are the winners of the Northwest Regional Championship. They posted a 4-0 win over the Manico Storm. That's out of Rupert, Idaho, Tuesday afternoon. That helps the Miners claim the Northwestern Class A Regional Tournament. This thing was being played in Vernal, Utah. Butte is now 45 and 9 this year. They were a perfect 13 and 0 across three postseason tournaments and they finished this season on a 15 game winning streak. The uh, season ending run was second to a 21 game winning streak earlier this year. So they had winning streaks of 15 and 21 games. I'm I'm assuming that this is the end. I'm reading a, an article uh, courtesy of the Montana Standard, the Butte newspaper. And uh, it, it makes it seem as if this says to cap off a dominating season. So I don't know if there's a Class A World Series for um, American Legion Baseball. There is one at the A level. We'll get to that here in just a minute. But our Treasure State star number one is the Butte Miners. Very cool uh, for them. Um, awesome for the city of Butte. And uh, I know there's been some, some fluctuation in the... Um, the turnout for, for baseball in general and, and American Legion baseball in the Mining City. So uh, good for them. First state title since 1962. And uh, they take it all the way through. and They go undefeated in all three levels of the postseason. So congratulations to the Butte Miners. The Class AA 
Legion level. The uh, Billings Royals, they went over to Gillette, Wyoming, and they uh, they actually won a couple games. Oh, great, great. Text from our good friend, Riley Corcoran, who just joined us in the last segment. Uh, he said that there is no World Series for Class A, uh, Legion Baseball, uh, just Double A. So good to know. The Billings Royals, though, went to Gillette, Wyoming, where the re- the regional tournament was hosted, and they actually won a couple games. They beat the host team from Gillette. They also beat a team from Oregon, and then they ended up losing back-to-back games to Idaho Falls and Cheyenne. Idaho Falls and Cheyenne, they played for the title, and Idaho Falls won the title. So Idaho Falls, the representative um, from the Northwest region for the Class AA tournament, but always cool for Montana State champion, and it was Billings Royals' first state championship since 2018. Always cool for Montana State champion to go then to the regional tournament and uh, win a couple games. So the Billings Royals are Treasure State star number two. Treasure State star number three. This was what makes me harken back to my my great Little League memories and, and even into like junior boys right after the majors. We think of Little League like the, the 11 and 12-year-olds, but there's also like the 13-14 division before you get up to the high school slash American Legion level. Those were always great days too. I mean, I, I had a great time because I was, you know, 5'11", 185 pounds when I was 13 years old. So I had a big advantage. <laughs> He hit a lot of home runs over the 290-foot fence with that aluminum bat. But that's here nor there. This is not about me. This is about our Treasure State star number three, the Boulder Arrowhead All-Stars of Billings. They are into the regionals of the uh, Little League, so they're one step away from the Little League World Series. And uh, in San Bernardino, California, they erupted for six runs in the first inning on the way to an 11-0 victory over, guess who, Gillette, Wyoming. So a lot of crossover here. But that was a loser-out game. And that kept Boulder Arrowhead alive and helped them rebound from a 4-2 to two loss to Paseo Verde Little League out of Henderson, Nevada. So now Boulder Arrowhead, they will play a loser-out semifinal. Uh, they'll play the loser, excuse me, of the semifinal between Paso Verde as well as Snow Canyon Little League. So you got uh, one more game, at least, for Boulder Arrowhead. So I think they got to win two more to get to the Little League World Series. But... Uh, they stay alive for now. 1 p.m. Mountain Time Thursday is when that uh, upcoming loser-out game occurs. So uh, fun for those boys. Always great uh, times, great memories. I remember I asked Brent Musburger when we inducted him into the Montana Football Hall of Fame, the the broadcasting legend who's who's been the voice of so many different sports over the years, uh, a native of Billings, Montana. I asked him what his favorite thing to call was. And he's playing to the crowd a little bit, you know, because he knows he's back in Montana for the Montana Football Hall of Fame. But he said, without a doubt, calling the Billings team that made it all the way to the the actual Little League World Series several years ago was one of the highlights of his career because he had played in that World Series. So it was sort of, a, or excuse me, that Little League. So it was sort of a full circle a moment for him. And so this is always this is always fun. This is always great when you get to see. The little guys and, and even just getting to the the regional is an accomplishment for any team for sure. To win a game there is great. And then to be, you know, sort of in the mix for Little League World Series trip. Uh, I mean, it's what little kids dream of. And I, I just have so many fond memories from those days of Little League. You know, I, I remember the heartbreak. You know, we were one step away from going to San Bernardino to the regional when I was uh, 11, I think. And, uh, man, I still remember the sting from that. But also just, like, such a, a fun and uh, awesome time. 
Nuan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, last Treasure State star for the uh, the week is Jason Newman. Jason Newman is the uh, top power hitter for the Missoula Paddleheads, and boy, is he having a powerful season. I was driving around listening to the radio the other night, and they were talking about Zach Newman and all of his accolades, all of his uh, exploits, all the things he's done. And Jeff Safford sort of mentioned in passing that Newman was in the mix to break the Pioneer League single-season home run record. Well, then Newman went out and hit two bombs that night. (laughs) And Jason Newman is now up to 27 home runs. The previous Pioneer League record for a single season was 25 home runs. Oh, by the way, the Missoula Paddleheads still have like, I don't know, four, maybe five weeks worth of games left. They have a ton of games left. So Zach Newman might take Zach Allman's record and put it way out there by the time this is all said and done. Uh, this is a uh, an unbelievable offensive hitting display that this guy is putting on right now, uh, hitting well over 400. Uh, he's probably going to drive in 100 runs during a, a short season. So uh, pretty pretty impressive. Andrew, you were giving me an acquisitive look. Do you have anything to add to this uh, this Zach Newman offensive barrage? Jason that, Newman. Jason Newman, excuse me. Zach Allman, Jason Newman. Z- I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, the, the, the It's happened in such a close proximity. I mean, I think this is actually sort of revelatory for what this uh, level, this new independent format for the the Paddleheads can lead to, right? You you just get guys that maybe aren't quite the raw talents of the the former draft pick teenagers that would get sent to the Rookie League affiliate for the Diamondbacks. But we also get guys that are a lot older, a lot bigger and stronger. So, you know, maybe – a little bit less speed, a little bit less juice on the base pass, but a lot more juice in the batter's box, right? Well, and it's just three years ago, if you got 20 home runs by midseason, you're getting called up. That, that's right. You're the not pi- finishing the yeah, season in Missoula. That, that's exactly right. Even if you hit 10 home runs, you were probably getting... I mean, if you were proving that you could... Some of those guys were so young and so new to wood bats, if you were hitting any home runs, uh, you were getting fast-tracked to North Bend or, or you know wherever else in the Diamondback organization. So that that's a good point. But Jason Newman, new single-season record. Uh, for the Pioneer League. That concludes our Treasure State Stars. It's presented by Parkside Credit Union of Montana. Parkside Credit Union, great place to get a loan because Parkside Credit Union loves to say yes. How about some soccer? Andrew Andrew Houghton has a uh, footy 15 for us, an excerpt from the Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast. We'll do that next. Keep it right here. Nuan is now ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio. Football season's here. Soccer season right around the corner as well. Go check out and subscribe to the Soccer in Snow and Smoke podcast. The podcast series. Produced and hosted by Andrew Houghton. In association with us here at ESPN Montana. Andrew, uh, want to set this up for us? Well, each, uh, I should say this, uh, 4015 presented by Flanagan Motors. Flanagan Motors, fierce supporters of the game of football here in the Garden City and around the Treasure State for more than 50 years. Appreciate Shannon Flanagan and all the people down at Flanagan's for their uh, steadfast support of all things soccer. Uh, Andrew, what's going on at Soccer and Snow and Smoke uh, this week? And uh, who do we got here 
on the Footy 15, an excerpt from that great podcast. Well, this week, just a quick excerpt from the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Uh, recorded last week with myself and Ross McMoneys, who used to coach at Missoula Strikers. Nice, very entertaining guy. Uh, we used to love having him on the show. Real love soccer. He's so intense all the time. I love talking to him. He thinks he thinks deeply about the game. He does, definitely. And uh, <laughs> so soccer, summer's technically the off-season for, for soccer, but uh, game never really sleeps, so it's just me and Ross kicking it about some of the biggest stories we saw in the summer, whether that's player transactions, player transfers, uh, what we're looking to, forward to for this Premier League season. There was a great Women's European Championship this summer. So we were just catching up after a couple months off here and, and talking about what we saw and what we liked this summer. There you go. Here you go. 4015, presented by Flanagan Motors. We know there's no off-season really in soccer. So what we're going to do is we're just going to break it down. We're going to do it like American football fantasy snake draft style. You'll name a story of the summer. I'll name a story of the summer. We'll just go back and forth and pick out what we thought the biggest narratives of the summer were. You're the guest here in the studio, so you get the first pick here. What's your pick for the biggest story of the summer just around the soccer world this year? Man, there's so many to choose from. Um, but I think I'll start with what I'm most excited to see, and and that's the Haaland going to Man City. Um, you know, he, he had a, a missed opportunity in the community shield against Liverpool and where he's kind of skied it from six yards and you know immediately social media jumps on his back and says he's going to find it hard in the Premier League but dude just his movement to stay on side in that situation just shows how smart this kid is and and I'm really excited to see how he does in the Premier League. Yeah a really interesting transfer there for a number of reasons. Erling Haaland the son of a former Premier League player has been one of the biggest prospects in the world for a couple years now, and he's had a really managed career. I mean, he's built up really slowly first going to Dortmund, and there was a manageable release clause in his contract with Dortmund that would have him, you know, sort of all the big teams in the world could afford him. So it was really a question of where he wanted to go, what his management wanted to do. He ended up at Manchester City, which is Really, Manchester City has had one of the best teams in the world for several years here. They haven't really had a striker. They haven't had a classic number nine. And Erling Haaland is one of the best number nine prospects in the entire world. I mean, he's got the physical presence. He's got the speed. He's got the goal-scoring instincts. He's got the finishing. So now it's a question of how does he fit in with that Pep Guardiola team that has often you know, played without a striker in this recent run of dominance? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see that just from a coaching standpoint too because, yeah, like you mentioned, um, you know, Pep and Man City haven't really played with a nine. I mean, Aguero was, was that guy for a number of years, but still with Pep's system, he was in and out of the team and there was always a question mark around it. You know, Pep really liked kind of a false nine in that approach too. You know, often he'd play, you know, a, a midfielder in that role so it'd be interesting to see how Pep adopts his philosophy with a real number nine and you know a physical presence someone with speed like he has every attribute and it's going to be fun to see how Pep utilizes what that kid can offer a team for somebody like Pep Guardiola who's the the ideal the epitome uh, the originator of a, what we would call positionless football here he likes guys who can operate in a bunch of different areas like uh, Bernardo Silva who play through the middle play on the wing positions organically while the game is happening. What Manchester City did this summer is they went out and bought a true number nine in Erling Haaland, and their other big piece of business was an actual number six in Calvin Phillips coming over from Leeds, and I guess they added Julian Alvarez from Argentina as well. 
who's again more of a traditional number nine prospect. So he's really going with defined roles in the transfer market this summer. Yeah, you know, and the Calvin Phillips one is a little bit of a question mark for me because over the years watching the Premier League, I you know these these British players are high commodity. They always go for high prices too. So I, you, I, over the years, I've seen players, British players like Calvin Phillips, make these big moves to to a Chelsea or a Man City, and it not quite work out. You know, and I, I'm a big fan of Calvin Phillips, so I'm really hoping that one comes off. Um, but I'm less optimistic with Calvin Phillips making an impact at Man City than I am Erlen Haaland. Yeah, another interesting one there. Manchester City don't need Calvin Phillips to be to instantly fill a role the way that they need Erling Haaland to pan out um, right away because they've got Rodri sort of in that defensive midfield position. Now, in the Premier League, we, we've seen Manchester City and Liverpool. Liverpool went out and got Darwin Nunez from Portugal. Where do you see the state of that rivalry going into this season with the moves that those teams have made this year? Yeah, you know, that would be my second point too. You know, it's exciting to see Haaland go to Man City, but it's equally as exciting to see Darwin Nunes go to Liverpool. Um, I think we mentioned that in the last meeting, you know, and it might have been me relating him to Manchester United. Uh, if I was the Man United boss, that would be one of yeah. my first signings. So it's really, but I, I think he really suits the Liverpool style. Um, the kid was on fire last Last year in the Champions League, he bad goals for fun, and I expect the same from him with Liverpool. You know, he's going to get tons of service, and you know the guy's a goal scorer. So it'll be it'll be fun just to see like who gets the most goals out of those two guys too. Yeah, and that really is the narrative here. It's it's been Manchester City and Liverpool at the top of the Premier League for the last couple of years. I think with the additions that they've made. It's going to continue to be Manchester City and Liverpool at the top of the Premier League. And, you know, they're they're escalating that rivalry into something that is really historic and it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, my my question mark with Nunes is that there hasn't been many uh, Uruguayan players that have lit the Premier League afire. Um, You know, like uh, Suarez did it. At, at Liverpool previously but you know it's hard to pick anyone else um, so that's kind of South American flair often is difficult to you know bring to the Premier League because it's such a physical robust style of play that some of those players just kind of don't work out no that's right and Darwin Nunes has had a really good preseason with Liverpool and in a way that Erling Haaland hasn't really with Man City But it is definitely a question to watch. And, you know, Liverpool did lose a little bit of attacking depth this year because Sadio Mane is now with Bayern Munich. So something to watch there. Yeah, you know, but, you know, I think I don't I don't know how Liverpool feel. Liverpool fans feel about um, Mane leaving. Uh, It's a big loss, obviously. He's such a great player. I'm sure he's going to do great things with Bayern Munich. But Liverpool also have. Uh, Diaz that came in last year that just hit the ground running. Um, they signed a, another young kid, Cavallo, from Fulham. He's an exciting prospect, a little younger, um, but kind of similar vein, uh, plays out there on the left. So they've got immediate replacements. You know, you know Diego Jota's going to get way more time than he did before with, with Mane gone. So you know, I don't expect Liverpool are going to skip a beat. No, both both stunningly good assemblages of talent who uh, you know also have great managers and know what they're doing. So certainly something to watch this year. Man City getting Erling Haaland in. Liverpool bringing in Darwin Nunes. Something else to watch this year uh, and, and my personal pick for the biggest story of the summer. 
whatever is happening at Barcelona. And this has been a story that we've been following for a couple years now, since the beginning of the pandemic, when it became apparent that Barcelona was drowning in debt and really didn't have the funds necessary to even to, to sign in to register players. And now we've been in a situation this summer where Barcelona are, are intent to do business as usual. They're intent to still try to bring in the best players in the world. And it's really unclear if they have the money to do so. And so you have things like selling a percentage of their media rights for 10 years into the future to try to get this money. And you have things which are are just unthinkable where in the Rafina deal, Leeds United was trying to receive assurances of actually getting this money in the future from Barcelona, one of the greatest sporting brands in the world. But somehow they've done it and they've brought in a number of players, including one of the best strikers in the world in Robert Lewandowski. What have you thought about the atmosphere around Barcelona this season, this summer? What have you thought about the financial moves that they made? And what have you thought about the additions that they've made to that team? Well, I mean, fantastic additions, um, but it just all seems a little suspect. It just, you know, behind the scenes, I'm, it's, you know, just seems a little messy with all of the, you know, bankruptcy and then they have no money and then all of a sudden they're making all these sign-ins. Like, it, there's something going on there that just doesn't seem quite right and it might just, it might come back to haunt them in the future. It really is shocking because this is, again, this is sort of the dissolution of one of the, the greatest sporting brands in the world. I mean, I've got an FC Barcelona scarf up on the wall here in the studio, but it's something where the pandemic really hurt them and a lot of their bad business in previous years really came back to hurt them. And also the fact that they pay some of the highest wages in the world is not good for them either. So They've been asking their players to take a pay cut. They've been trying to force Frankie de Jong out so that they can take his wages off the books. But these players have contracts with Barcelona. I mean, they don't have to leave mm-hmm. if they don't want to. And, and if they want to stay, they want to stay and they want to play for Barcelona and they want to receive their sort of off the charts wages. And they have a contract saying that they can do that. So uh, that's been a saga to watch. They've also taken to pulling what they're calling these economic levers, which is, as far as I'm concerned, are just selling off future revenue at an exorbitant rate um, to sort of receive money so that La Liga will let them register these new signings. It's really sort of a cluster and, and something that really I'm not sure that they needed to do. I mean, do you think that they needed a Robert Lewandowski or a Frank Cassie or an Andreas Christensen to come in this summer? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think there's plenty of players around that they could get, you know, just on a free and just pay them their wages. Um, You know, and there's plenty of players that they could get for much lower transfer fees that could sustain them on the field until they at least, like, build back up that revenue and become more financially stable. But, yeah, I don't know. I've seen this from a number of Premier League teams over the years. Leeds United... 15, 20 years ago when they had like Rio Ferdinand and they had a great, great squad and they um, finished, uh, they got knocked out in a semi-final of the Champions League, finished second in the Premier League one year and then all of a sudden they just go on this relegation drop um, because of the financial spending and insecurity around that. So it's a dangerous game. Well, that's right. And I think that their squad was in a decent place as it was, right? I mean, that's not, you know, they've got great young players, um, Pedri, Gavi, Ansu Fati. They brought in Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang in the winter. He had a decent run of goal scoring Mm -hmm. for them in the spring. They've got players like Memphis still. 
I just don't know. Like, I don't know if that's a squad that's challenging for La Liga, but that's certainly still a squad that's probably still making it to the knockout rounds of the Champions League. Yeah. yeah, Without the people they brought in. I think that's probably the problem is that, you know, they, they expect way more than that. You know, it's Barcelona. You know, you don't settle for mediocrity. You don't settle for second best. They want to be the the best club in the whole world. That's where they're at. That's absolutely right. And as as long as Robert Lewandowski keeps up his level, which is the best striker in the world, or right there in contention with a couple other names, for a couple seasons, I think that it'll actually work out for them in terms of the on-the-field results. I have no idea what is happening uh, with their boardroom and with their financials. We'll see if that all completely collapses like a house of cards. But that was one that I was really watching. So there you go. Little Footy 15 presented by Flag and Motors, an excerpt from the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. If you want to hear more with our Andrew Houghton and Ross McMoneys, go subscribe to the Soccer and Snow and Smoke podcast. Hour one of the books here at Nuanas Now, hour two coming at you. What does English Premier League soccer and big-time FBS college football have in common? We're going to tell you a business angle without just an angle. Coming at you next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 